I remember the first time I spoke to one of my friends about the relationship counseling program. He told me I'm a dreamer. <laughs> yep, I'm a dreamer. This is nothing but a pie in the sky that I'm chasing. Be that as it may, that was God's intentions. Michael, no one alive has ever managed to do what you're trying to do. I know. I know. My Bible poses the question, can a leopard change its spots? Can an Ethiopian change his skin color? So can you who are accustomed to do evil do good. This is the world we live in. It's a world full of darkness, a world full of sadness and pain and hurt and agony. We've messed up and we've messed up so often that it's become second nature. The world we live in is full of pain and hurt and agony and the dream of escaping the clutches of this darkness seems so unreal, so impossible that I often wonder how we still manage to believe in heaven. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are broken, despondent, destroyed. We come to you today in need of your guidance. Help us, save us. This I pray in your mighty name, sake alone. Amen. There is good news. If you turn in your Bibles to Genesis 1 verses 3, and you compare the original Hebrew with the English, you will find something astounding, to say the least. You see, the Hebrew for let it be, and it stood fast, is the same word. That is right. God's command and the result is described by the exact same word. In other words, the words of God is so powerful that when spoken, they are the end result in and of themselves. God's principles do not require human intervention to aid their fulfillment. They happen with or without your consent. You might say, Michael, look at the world around you. This world is so dark, it's so full of hurt and suffering. Surely that cannot be the will of God, and I never said it was. The problem is that in order for love to be love, the one area where God's word cannot force its way is inside the human heart. I need to choose to do things His way. The value of His principles 
needs to convince me that I need them in order for them to become all they can be. You said, Michael, there's good news. Yes, there is. Because if you close your eyes and you ask God today to allow you to see the beauty, the depth, the power of God's guidance, of His ideals, of His thoughts, of His ways, He will show you. His word has the ability to touch your eyes, to bring light into the darkest corners of your world. And that is what this program has been about. Because you see, you are nothing but a human being. And it is only when you find someone that will treasure humanity for the value God sees in us, that you will find someone that can build heaven into your love life today. It's a dream, yes. But when you fight, when you have disagreements, when you struggle to understand your life partner, the only guarantee that they will treat you with kindness and respect and care lies within their understanding of the value of human life. Let me paraphrase, unless they see within every single human being a priceless treasure, they will never understand the need to treat you like a child of God in the darkest corners of your life. And that is why we need to reevaluate what the word love means. We believe that love is an emotion, a feeling, but feelings die. And when you do counseling with people, five months, six months after they got married, they come to you and they say, but this is not what I signed up for. The magic's gone, the butterflies vanished. I don't feel the same anymore. I must have made a mistake. And that is when you ask them, why did you get married? What was it inside the personality of your lover that drew you to him? And many people have never asked themselves these questions. Do not tell me about the way he treats you, because that died when you said, I do, and the honeymoon ended. He no longer cooks gourmet meals to impress you because he never cooked gourmet meals for anyone else. We need a new definition of love. We need to find within the personality of the people that we are interested in before we kiss, before we hold hands. I need to see within the heart and soul of another person somebody who's willing to treat me the way God sees me, somebody that treats children, dogs, kittens, old people, the sick, with dignity, with respect, with kindness. Because only when you treat those who are dying, those who are suffering, those who have nothing to reward you with, 
with tenderness and patience and kindness. Only then do you truly understand what love is. Only then can you know that your future husband or future wife will treat you the way God treats you when they are feeling down. Love is not about when there's smiles. Love is about when there's tears. Because even teardrops can paint rainbows when the light of God's love illuminates the human heart. Yes, we are summarizing. But I want to conclude with something more powerful than words can ever speak. You see, it is only by seeing God for who He is, by seeing the value of His principles, that I can find in obedience the blessings that Deuteronomy 11 wishes obedience to become. It is only when I see what God is trying to protect me against that the shadows that he warns me against becomes the curses that Revelation 11 wishes to warn me about. And then truly the blessings and the curses that God set before us will become real because we will see through obedience the way to life and through disobedience the way to suffering, heartache, pain, misery and death. And this is the only way to conquer the void, the darkness that we have read about in Genesis 1 verses 2. It is only through the presence of His blessings, of His greatness, of His power. It is only through true worship that His presence can penetrate the darkness of our hearts, can set ablaze the nightmares and warm our frozen souls. You do not need to live in a world of loneliness. He can fill the voids within your relationships. He can complete the missing pieces. He can still your fears. But in order for him to do that, you need to appreciate the value of his wisdom. You need to follow his guidance. And then you will find in his great wisdom, care and understanding, something far greater than human inclinations, feelings, desires, hopes and dreams. You will find a reality that can kindle heaven itself within the confines of your home. You will find a place where you can take your shoes off and relax in the heart of a hurricane. This is what the exclusion zone was meant to be. This is what God desired when he said, come aside, spend time with me. This is what Sabbath was always designed to be. Because you see, while we are focusing on what we should and shouldn't do, on not turning on the TV on Sabbath, 
on whether or not we should go shopping on Sabbath, whether it is a sin to wash the dishes, to sweep the floors. While we're focusing on the letter of the law, we're missing the heart. The heart of a being who yearns to walk with me, to talk with me, to be my friend, to hold my hand. Yes, my friend, the restrictions are there. The sacred day was designed to forget about everything. But when you create the void, emptiness returns. Sabbath was never designed to be a void. It was designed to be the greatest fulfillment known to mankind. That is why the original Hebrew says, or ends Genesis 2 verses 3 with the words, so that it itself can create. Speaking of the Sabbath, God blessed the Sabbath day so that it could create. How can a day create? Of itself it cannot. But when that day becomes a celebration, a memorial, a living testimony to love, to passion, when that day becomes set aside to spend time with a living God, the presence of God within this day creates within the human heart everything the words of God originally aspired to create. God regains the power to change anything at His will, because I am allowing His will into my life through the contemplation of His beauty, His greatness, His power, His wisdom. And the more I spend this day in awe of the greatest being known to mankind, the closer he will draw me to my spouse, to my children, the greater their blessing will become. They will become the breath of God, life itself. I'd like to end using my favorite verse. John 3, oh, John 17, verses 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true and living God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. You can learn to live. Your dreams can find wings within the author of flight. The sunrise beauty could become the splendor that colors every moment of your life. Rainbow's wishes to clothe you today. But in order to find those jewels, in order to become the treasure of God, I need to realize how much I mean to Him. The difference between a rock lying in an open field and a gem within the crown of the queen lies within the eye of a connoisseur. 
lies within the heart of someone searching for value and meaning. Many feet may have trampled this path a million times before. People may have walked over you, stepped on you, hurt you, degraded you, destroyed your heart. But that's because they sought temporal fulfillment, earthly pleasure and enjoyment. They could not see within your tattered soul that which God had designed to change the world. Because you see, dear friend, you are the breath of God. You are the direct result of His own touch. But you can only realize that when you open a, your eyes and allow Him to show you who you were meant to be. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Creator of heaven and earth, author of the starlit night, allow the bird song that speaks through the background to become the tune that brings to life our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations. Set us free from our own nightmares. Help us to see where our pain and suffering comes from. Allow the next 24 hours to become the dream that creates in us all you want life to be. This I pray in your mighty name's sake alone. Amen.